Who really cares about property taxes? Well, I do, and I've heard from a lot of people who do too, but across Nebraska, local government boards that set your property tax rates say few Nebraskans ever show up to the public meetings where the decision is made. A bill in the Nebraska legislature would guarantee taxpayers couldn't plead ignorance. Welcome to the Full Platter Podcast, the official podcast of the Platt Institute. I'm Adam Weinberg, joined by Laura Ebke, Senior Fellow at the Platt Institute. Laura, today we're discussing LB 644. It's a proposal related to property taxes by Senator Ben Hansen that we're supporting reporting, which creates what's known as a truth in taxation law in Nebraska, or what some people are calling direct notification. Laura, can you describe what a truth in taxation law involves? Sure. The very basics um, of truth in taxation is that those who would be paying the taxes need to be informed um, when the tax hearings are going to happen. So in Nebraska, um, LB 644 would call for um, postcards being sent out, um, informing, um, in, informing the, the taxpayers of when the hearing is going to be, where it's going to be, um, you know, what the proposals or generically what the proposals are, which taxing units are going to um, propose an increase. And then it would also, um, it, it would also have to be after six o'clock. They also have to, it has to be a dedicated hearing. Uh, so that they're the only ones that are um, that are uh, talking that that's the only thing that they're talking about. And, and you know, I, mean, I think that's that's kind of interesting. Um, you know, we can talk about this later, but I sat on a school board for 12 years and had a very different experience with tax hearings. What do you mean by that? Well, um, when we would have our tax hearings, we would uh, both our budget and our tax hearings, we would schedule them. Typically, our our um, our. Uh, school board meetings were held at six o'clock. And so we would schedule the tax hearing for um, first. So they would start at six. Whenever that was over, we would adjourn and then we would move to our regular meeting. So you have to have a a separate meeting. Well, we would schedule it for six o'clock and at 6.05, we would typically adjourn because nobody showed up. You know, we would, we would say, here's our hearing on our tax, uh, our tax proposal, and nobody was there. Well, and that brings up the question of how are people keeping track of who's levying their property taxes? Where do they go? What do they do when they have an issue with property taxes? I have my property tax statement handy just for this conversation. Being that I work with all of you at the Platt Institute, I'm a little more informed maybe than the average bear. And so I see here on my bill, I've got uh, a city county building, a city county building bond. I've got county government school uh, bonds. I've got education service units. Um, I, I have the, the advantage of knowing what some of these abbreviations mean, but there's a lot of units of government uh, to keep track of. Did you get the sense in representing constituents, both in your time on a board and in the legislature, that people knew what any of this stuff really meant or kept track of? I, I don't think most people did. Um, I think they just wrote their wrote their checks, um, or in most cases, or many cases, anyhow, people would have their um, taxes escrowed, so they really didn't pay any attention to it at all. They just knew if their um, if, if their mortgage payment went up a little bit or went down a little bit. They never go down, but um, but but when they would go up a little bit um, because of their the increased taxes that needed to be escrowed. So, being that you served on a board and you've had the experience of adopting a property tax, asking on the other side of that desk in a meeting room. What do you think the process would change if we had a truth in taxation law in Nebraska? Well, I think that, um, you know, one of the important things is, you know, that uh, the, the way that the public is notified. 
um, we had our our monthly meetings and we would, um, you know, we followed the letter of the law. We would publish it in, in a newspaper of general circulation in the area, the Crete News, and um, we would post notice of the meeting on the, the, uh, the website. And, um, you know, they, they put all the public notices in a certain section of the paper. So you've got all of the minutes of the meetings and the, the notice of meetings and, and so forth. And most people don't pay any attention to that stuff because it's kind of boring, you know, or it looks kind of boring. It's not a big story. So I think that if people knew that, oh, this is the week when they're going to talk about increasing my taxes um, because they got something in the mail rather than having to search for it in a newspaper, um, I think that that would hopefully bring out more people to pay attention. Um, The other piece of it, of course, is that, you know, we didn't hear from people. And, you know, like, like many public, um, public entities, um, no news is good news. You know, you just assume that if you aren't hearing bad things from people, that they're okay with what you're doing. And so I think that it's, um, I, I think that, that it, it would provide for an opportunity for more people to come in and talk about what's going on, you know, to, to talk about why they would object to a raise in their taxes for new books or higher teacher salaries or a new building or whatever it is. Let me ask you a bit of a touchy question, Laura. If we need a law to tell people to care about their property taxes and to do something about them, then do people really care as much about property taxes as they claim they do? Well, that, I mean, that's a good question. And again, I think it comes to comes down to um, comes down comes down to the individual. I mean, certainly um, there are those in the farm communities who um, the, the you know the property for farmers has um, has has expanded significantly in terms of its valuations. And so it costs, um, you know, they, they write big checks um, when they're writing their property taxes. Um, like I said, most people who own a house, who have a mortgage, um, will, you know, not write that check directly. Um, we do. And so when we go to write that check, you know, it's actually painful. Um, so so um, if you don't know what's going on, um, you know, you just assume that you need to, you, you have to pay it. You know I mean? You don't, you don't have a lot of choice in it. And, and in some ways providing a postcard, providing no, you know, more obvious notice that this is what we're going, going to do. Um, I, I tend to think that more people would show up. You might not get a ton of people, but I still think that you'll get more people to show up and, you know, ask some serious questions. And I think, that um, the the culture has changed a little bit as well um, in in the last you know in the last ten years. I mean, I was on the, on the school board until you know 2015. I think that you know the culture has changed even since then in terms of people's sensitivity to um, potential overspending. And of course, I appreciate you taking on that question. I am being a little intentionally provocative because I've I've done some homework over the years on what Nebraskan sentiments are on tax policy and property taxes particularly. And there's no mistaking, there's a real concern about the property tax burden and its impact that it has on the quality of life and people for people in the state. And the, the real question is, what do you do about it? Um, and when you talk about some of the more visionary things, those are very controversial issues that have a difficult time getting through the Nebraska legislature. Uh, it also comes down to questions of people who say they care about their property taxes. Are they willing to see other changes or are they not willing to go that far from talking to people about 
truth in taxation or direct notification, there are very few people who think it would be controversial for them to receive a postcard that tells them there is a vote coming up to decide whether your property taxes are going to be increased. So what are some of the advantages here in having a solution like LB 644 while we work out some of the bigger questions of how do we structure Nebraska's tax code? How do we fund education and so forth? Well, I mean, the obvious advantage is just transparency. If, if you're going to tax somebody, um, if you're going to increase their tax burden, they ought to have a right to know why. And they ought to have a right to um, be engaged in the, in, in the process um, if, if they choose to. And while technically, you know, our open meetings laws and all that sort of stuff, you know, technically let people, um, you know, do that you have to start looking for it. You have to really, you really have to be intentional about finding when these things are going to be. So, so having this direct notification, um, you know, as, as a social scientist, I say, well, you know, this would be a good experiment. Let's send out a couple of years of, of, uh, of truth in taxation postcards and see if people show up more or not. Um, I, I think that's, um, if they don't, then I think we really do have a legitimate, um, a, a legitimate issue of um, whether people really care about the taxes or they are very, con- or, or, or they're just content. Um, but I think that um, public officials are like anybody else. They, they don't always like to be engaged in um in controversy, they don't want to be challenged too much, and so um, you know, my guess is that the people who will complain the most about it, um, uh, about this proposal, will be those who are um, who, who are going to be concerned about whether or not um, you know they're going to have a mass of angry citizens, you know, show up at their. Uh, show up at their next board meeting. And that is a sensitive subject right now, just given the current political climate, because a critic could say that the goal of a truth and taxation law might be to kind of scare or intimidate elected officials into listening to a certain segment of loud, angry taxpayers. And in fact, there, there are other states that have truth and taxation laws. Utah is an example of one that's had it for decades. And the introducer of the original bill I've heard him say before and read him say that elected officials in Utah would rather run through the state naked than go through the truth and taxation hearing process because it can get very boisterous where taxpayers receive these postcards that tell them you do need to show up to this meeting if you want to speak out about your property taxes going up. So what are some of the positives and negatives? And do you think that that would have a similar impact on the character of local government proceedings in Nebraska? Um, I think it could. I think that um, you know, for instance, with the school board that I was on, um, I bet most people couldn't in, in, in town couldn't tell you where the school board met. We have a district office, but most people don't ever have a reason to go into the district office. Um, and that's where um, that's where our, our boardroom was. So I think that once you get people through the door of some of these uh, of some of these entities, um, they might find it more more comfortable to go again. And I think that and I think that that's not a bad thing. You know, I mean, when I was in the legislature, we found that, you know, we had people that we, um, I don't know, sort of under our breath, not to be derisive, but referred to as frequent flyers. You know, Um, you know, people that we saw who testified, um, you know, they, they weren't interest groups. They were individuals who testified. At, regu- at hearings on a regular basis. Um, and, and sometimes their testimony was very well-spoken and you know, very well-taken. 
But, um, you know, you always wondered, you know, what got them there the first time. And if you ever asked them, they would say something along the lines, well, I testified on this one three years ago and I decided that it was easy to do. And so I might as well do it again. And, and so, I mean, I think that that's, that that's one of those things that um, the truth in taxation legislation and the direct notification, if we get people through the door and people become more engaged, um, we might find that, um, you know, we might find that the nature of our local governing bodies changes as people show up more. And I'm inclined to be optimistic just knowing Nebraskans that the tone and tenor of it as people become more involved in the process, they become more invested. And Nebraskans generally give their elected officials, in my opinion, there may be a lot of complaining out there, but they do seem to give a lot of latitude to their officials where local taxpayers are even willing to vote in, in some cases for higher property taxes if they get a good argument, even though there is widespread concern about the property tax burden in the state. So I'm more inclined to say that with inviting more taxpayers in, in Nebraska, knowing the culture of this state, it will have more of a, a, a comforting effect for people because they'll feel more invested in that process. They'll feel like they were heard because the goal of this process shouldn't be whether we want a tax or whether we don't want a tax. It shouldn't be to impose our will on people. It should be to persuade enough people that we pass a good policy that is what the people in that community want. And I think over time, when people are engaged and they can see that sometimes their idea is going to get across the finish line, sometimes it's not, there's more give and take there. Um, but one, one of the things that I've noticed from talking to people about property taxes over the years that I think truth in taxation or direct notification may help address is looking at the way property taxes are levied from a more cause and effect standpoint. What I mean by that is most taxpayers, when you talk to them about property taxes, you get your property tax bill typically late in the year. I always think of it kind of as a holiday or a Christmas present. You get that statement there, which I've always found kind of amusing. And then in January or early in the year, you're going to get your preliminary assessment. So you're going to start the year at the beginning. You're going to get that postcard for what your new valuation might be. And I think a lot of people, because that's what they get in the mail, they really fixate on the assessment process as the basis for where their property tax bill is going to be decided. And I think a lot of people resent assessors because of that, uh, because they see the increasing valuation, they get mad uh, and they want to challenge the assessor and they want to file an appeal. And sometimes that's the right thing to do. But from my personal experience, although my valuation has increased significantly in recent years uh, and is slated to rise again in the preliminary valuations that I've seen for 2021, we'll see if that happens. But I, you know, I've actually never disagreed with my property tax assessment. What I've disagreed with is the idea that I should owe more than 2% of the assessed value of my house every year. I don't think the tax rate is fair or comparable to other states. Certainly when you take that tax rate and you combine it with all the other taxes I pay. And for other taxpayers, I think the process is kind of backwards because they get that notification of the rising assessment and they think that's the part that they can all, all that they can really do about it, but they don't get any direct notification about the meeting of their public officials who are really the ones who get to decide now that we have this assessed valuation, how much money do we want to raise with it? I think that's, I think that's right. And I think, you know, I mean, I, uh, kind of a, a, a humorous story. Um, uh, one of the uh, former county commissioners here in my county, you know, was we were talking about property taxes a couple of years ago, and he said, you know, Laura, we've had a lot of uh, a, a lot of people come in and um, challenge 
their their property tax valuations. I said, yeah, so what do you do about it? He says, well, um, I usually look at them and say, okay, so what do you think that your your property should be valued at? And they usually lowball it. And he said, so if I offered to buy it for that amount, would you would you sell it? And, you know, the answer is always no. I mean, the, the valuations are good if you're the owner and thinking about selling, you know, selling the property. Um, and so nobody really wants their valuations to go down um, if, if you have any if, if you have any possibility that you might try to sell it. Um, but but I, again, it comes to, you know, and, and the real problem that we've had here in Nebraska is that valuations went up so high and local taxing authorities didn't reduce their levies accordingly. And so even if they, even, you know, I, I, when I was running for the legislature, my school superintendent says, hey, Laura, you know, you can run on, you know, lower, being part of a board that's lowered property taxes five times. It's like, well, but we didn't really, <laughs> you know, um, it, it's a nice thought. But, but the reality of it is that, um, you know, we lowered the levy, you know, infinitesimally compared to um, how much the, the, the property, the valuation was going up. And so um, I think that a, uh, I think that, that having a, a, a truth in taxation moment, if you will, where people can actually say, okay, so, uh, you know, I, I'm a big believer that people ought to be able to calculate things out for themselves. They get those valuations and they should be able to go in and see well, what happens if you raise my value, if you raise my levy, um, how, what's, what's that going to do to my property taxes? And so um, the more transparency, the better, and people have, then have to decide whether they're willing to spend, you know, an extra $5 a month or $50 a month or whatever it is um, in order to um, get some new benefit from one of the um, from one of the taxing entities, and I'm not entirely convinced when people see an assessed valuation that they do know what that translates to in terms of taxes. And the reason I say that is when I hear about people saying, "Well, my assessed valuation went up two thousand or three thousand dollars," to somebody who doesn't know how property taxes are calculated, that may seem significant. But when you look at a valuation that changes relatively little that won't end up being a big change in their property tax bill. So it, it, would you mind telling people who maybe they're not super familiar with how property taxes are calculated, how things like the assessment and the levy rate factor together to turn into their property tax bill? Sure. Well, the, the, the bottom line is that your levy is a percentage, uh, is, is based on a percentage of your property value. So if you have a 2.1% levy or a 1.5% levy, levy or whatever it is, um, that will be a percentage of your total value. So um, in a local school district, for instance, if we were at 1.03, um, we could stay at 1.03 or go down to 1.02 or 1.01 um, as valuations went up and not lose any money and in many cases bring in more money. Um, so, so it's all, it's a relationship between the valuation of the property and you know, the percentage that the taxing entities um, are able to, um, to extract based on that valuation. And I appreciate you presenting it as a percentage because it measures how much 
per hundred dollars of assessed valuation that you're going to collect in tax when you set that levy rate. And when you read the news or you hear discussions, you often hear about levies being expressed in a dollar five for say a school district or maybe 10 or 11 cents for a community college. And when you put it in cents, and this is, this is a frequent, uh, this is a frequent area of disagreement I have sometimes with tax policy debates is things are expressed as being only pennies or cents, but that's just the percentage that you multiply against a much larger number. And so the question with percentages is always percent of what? So when it's when it sounds like a dollar, a dollar doesn't sound like a lot. But when you say, I want a dollar for every hundred dollars, then as that valuation goes up, it, it definitely adds up into something significant. And I think that's one of the issues we have in Nebraska is the amount of dollars that we want is quite great compared to most other states. And as these values are rising, there doesn't seem to be enough counteracting forces to bring that tax asking back down to something that is what people feel that they can afford to pay. Right. I think that's right. I mean, everybody, I think most people understand that um, the basic cost of doing business, if you will, for government entities, um, for your school district, doesn't really decrease. I mean, it's awfully tough, you know, except when you get a building paid off and you don't have that building fund that you're, uh, that you're paying on anymore. But, you know, if you have, you know, you have a certain number of teachers and as they, um, as, as they get um, more experience, you pay them more and um, your, your cost of labor, the big costs don't really go down. And so people understand, and, and, and you can't, you can't freeze them either um, because of our system. So, you know, everybody's going to get a raise every year. There's going to be, you're going to spend a little more money next year than, than you did this year. So I think most people understand that. They just don't appreciate it when um, they feel like their tax rates have gone on, gone up disproportionate to what their income has, you know, and, and I think that that's, um, that's something that um, public involvement could, you know, help put the brakes on. But of course, the truth in taxation law, for all of its virtues, and I think it has a lot of value from a transparency standpoint and gives the public a chance to be involved in this process, which is why we support uh, this bill. It doesn't cut anybody's property taxes, even in its wildest ambitions. It can't cut anybody's property taxes, really, unless taxpayers really brought it uh, to a board and said, we want you to find a different way in the way we're, we're running our affairs here. But do Nebraskans want control over the future of property taxes and to feel that they can afford them going into the long term? Or is there a greater desire for people to see less reliance on property tax for property tax bills to go down? And how do you get people to decide which is the higher priority? Well, I think you raise a good point. I mean, my my experience as I was campaigning the last time around, my experience from, you know, cards and letters, um, it suggests that you know people want both. <laughs> you know they they want they want the they, they want the local government to stop spending so much. They want um, to have less reliance on property taxes, and they want somebody else to pay the bills. You know it, it's it is a um, it is a double edged sword. There is no easy answer. But I think that you know key to key to our discussion here is that citizens have to get engaged. Um, and they need to they need to at least start the process. You know, if if um, if I as a local school board member 
um, see 50 people show up to my budget hearing and um, they're all very, they, they all express their concern and, and, and the bill um, in question LB 644 um, provides for um, a, a reasonable amount of time and not a, um, not an unreasonable number of people. So you really can't, you can't shut, you know, the public off um, too, too quickly. So, um, they're all allowed to speak for at least three minutes and, um, you know, you may be there for several hours, but if you have that many people who are, who who come and say, you know, we need to do something about this, what can you cut? You know, it, it, it refocuses, um, the attention of the school board. Um, and it, that will then refocus the attention of the, the administrators. I think there are in every, at every level of government, there's something that could be cut or something that could be trimmed away um, to provide some cost-saving measures. Um, and then you, then you figure out in a few years whether or not people are happy with that. You know, but, but, but certainly, um, certainly getting, getting your local governing bodies to focus on, on being prudent with, you know, with your money is, is a great start. And certainly that should be the goal that people are satisfied with the outcome, whichever way it goes. If people want to have a certain level of services and they're satisfied paying the tax bills, you know, there may be economic arguments that you can bring in and, and so forth. But at the end of the day, if people are informed about the taxes that they're paying, that they have transparency, that they feel that they're satisfied with it, that really is the goal more than only questions about the tax structure. And I think that's one of the things we're seeking to do with this is give people the tools to make that decision for themselves and not feel like it's just being thrust upon them. One thing that I'm encouraged about is we've just seen this week, in fact, the Omaha City Council has a proposal to incorporate Zoom permanently into public comment where people in the community can participate in a hearing and they can do that electronically so that they don't necessarily have to get in their car on a snowy day like it is today and and go over to a a meeting. And I think that's one of the advantages too that a a truth and taxation law could make us more attuned to. A lot of people, and I, I regret to say this, a lot of people don't subscribe to a paper newspaper anymore. They don't get the paper newspaper even if they subscribe to the newspaper. And they may not be noticing the officially required notices of public meetings. Uh, So if they get that in the mail, which they're more likely to get, certainly, especially taxpayers, they're going to have that opportunity to engage and they get to make that decision for themselves instead of it just happening without their notice. Yeah, I think that's absolutely true. And, you know, I mean, I think that that um, to the extent that um, the pandemic has been good, it's it's opened a lot of people's eyes to these, you know, new options and new opportunities um, for for civic engagement. Um, you know, we talked the other day, um, or I, we had a blog post the other day talking about the legislature adding a um, a place where people could submit written um, written comment, written testimony um, with each bill, rather than you know traipsing up to the Capitol and hanging out. Um, you know, all afternoon until their bill comes along, they can just submit a written, um, a, a written testimony. Now, um, I participated in a Zoom call with a legis- uh, w- with a legislative committee in Wyoming the other day. Testified before them. Every one of those senators was in a different room, you know, a different place, different different city in in most cases, and um, they were all zooming in as well. So, I mean, I think that. Um, it, while while we are going to you know while this is doing government differently 
Um, I do think that that some of the technology has opened open doors to, um, you know, more transparency, allowing people to be more engaged. Um, and we just need to, need to have to figure out how to, uh, how to encourage folks and encourage our policymakers to make it possible um, to continue doing that in their, uh, in their ordinances and in their um, state laws. And we've been discussing today LB 644 by Senator Ben Hansen, and you can get more information about that at platinstitute.org in our Take Action section, where you can even contact your Nebraska state senator to let them know your position on the bill. Well, thanks, Laura, for joining me today. Of course, for those of you listening, we're really grateful for your time. The Full Platter is not just a podcast, though. It's also the name of our blog that you can find at platinstitute.org, along with our webinars, policy studies, and other content on the issues facing Nebraskans. Like I said, you can check out our Truth and Taxation and other issues on the Take Action section on the website. You can find bills by their bill number, and you can even find a link now to the Nebraska Legislature website for each of these pieces of legislation that we're tracking, if you'd like to submit written comment on your own as well, you can reach out to your Nebraska state senators through our lawmakers page and let them know what you think about these bills. We'd welcome your feedback on this podcast, your suggestions for topics you'd like to hear about in future episodes. I want to thank you again for spending some time with us today. So long for now. 